This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Greg Kelly Show. Pardon me. Well, this is what happens when your foreign policy is, uh, we don't want any trouble. Really, we just don't want any trouble. Please, we want nothing. We want no trouble from you guys. That's... uh, we just want to do our thing. We just want to. We don't want any trouble from the mob. We don't want any trouble from the tough guys in the world. We just want to. Just leave us alone. Just oh boy. Yet yeah, we got troops deployed all over the world. Hey, what are we doing with troops in Jordan? By the way, you heard about our three guys who got killed. Three guys, and this was inevitable. It's amazing that it hasn't happened sooner. Something like two hundred attacks, facilitated by Iran, all those radical groups running around the Middle East, and there we are, like sitting ducks. And we invited this because our our um, handling of it has been so anemic, so weak, just like Joe Biden. And the biggest thing that uh, put the world on notice that we were out to lunch during the Biden administration would have been our disastrous defeat in Afghanistan. Remember that? Nobody talks about it anymore. You know who did, knows it? And um, it's it's etched in their heart. <laughs> our enemies, China. Russia, Iran. I mean, when they saw that, they thought, okay, wow, there is a new sheriff in town and he doesn't have a gun. Or if he has a gun, he doesn't know how to use it and he left it at home. Okay, so that's, um, we don't have the identity yet. But we at least we have some, some words of um, comfort from the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Listen to her comfort the American people offer and the, and the families who lost the loved ones, right? This is Karine Jean-Pierre just a little while ago on the television set, MSNBC. Cut 31, please. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt go to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Soldiers, folks. She called them folks, and then she said, "You hear it real quick." There, she said they were fighting on behalf of this administration. You can't have somebody like that speaking in public. Their spokesperson. This is just so emblematic of the overall incompetence of uh, of these people, of uh, the Biden team, the way they operate, the way they roll, and the way that the um, mainstream media just looks the other way or facilitates all this stuff or flat out lies about it. Um, very, very disappointing and tragic. This was bound to happen. Now it has happened. We desperately need... Um, a change in the White House. We just, it is the the, the solution that's going to, there's no rational person who could look at Joe Biden and look at what's happening and say, yeah, we need more of this. Now, rational people, though, will suspend their rationality and hyperventilate about Trump being a threat to democracy and all that stuff. Think back to 20, what was it, 2017 to 2021. What was so bad? How was Trump the threat to democracy? What did he do? What did he do? 
Well, what about January 6th? All right, January 6th, you've been lied to, all right? You've been totally lied to about January 6th. So and we can have that conversation, but that's... So you're going to go to two weeks before the inauguration. That's when, that's when uh, Donald Trump showed he was a threat to democracy. Well, what about the previous three years? Well, that phone call with Ukraine. No, there's nothing, nothing. This is a guy who played by the rules, actually, in a in a way that really frustrates his enemies because he understood the presidency. He abided by the law. He would complain about Supreme Court decisions. You're allowed to do that still. Hey, I don't know if you saw what I put together over the weekend. I have a little compilation. Tara Reid is the one who accused Joe Biden of uh, of sexual assault. Tara Reid is the one who actually worked for Joe Biden on his Senate staff in 1993. We know the year she was there on Capitol Hill working for Joe Biden. Tara Reid is the person who is not E. Jean Carroll, i.e. she's not crazy. She knows what she's talking about. She's, well, she's good. She's excellent. And um, so what I did was I put these uh, Tara Reid accusations and observations and butted them right against E. Jean Carroll. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The first voice you'll hear is Tara Reid, who didn't get her day in court, who didn't even get uh, any attention from the mainstream media, um, just ignored, shunned. And E. Jean Carroll is sitting on, what is it, 83 million? It is a joke. It's not going to stand up. No, pardon me, nor should it. I mean, my goodness gracious. That judge, Judge Kaplan... You heard about the big conflict of interest. He was the mentor of uh, one of the one of E. Jean Carroll's lawyers or Reed Hoffman's lawyers. Anyway, do me a favor. Listen to this. It's good. Cut 23. You claim sexual harassment began. How so? I would see him in hallways or whatever. He would always just greet me, put his hands on me or put his hands on my shoulder and rub, you know, my neck sometimes. It was just a bit odd. And it was all fairly playful. Oh, Oh, it was charming. It was exciting. Remember what Donald Trump was like in 95, 96. And she said, you need to button up your blouses. You need to have longer skirts and you need to not look so sexy and noticeable. And you need to, you know, change how you're dressing. I had the idea that I'm going to make him put it on over his pants. That was my idea. Mm -hmm. I felt scared. I, what I could say is, I don't know if it was trauma, but I felt frightened. Like, And it wasn't just about this, what happened. It was like, it was my job tied up with it. Were you scared? Were you no, angry? No, you... I was too panicked to be scared. Too panicked to be scared, okay. I didn't want to talk badly about him, and I wasn't ready to tell my history with Joe Biden at that point at all. I think I got over it quickly, because um, my whole thing is, put it behind you and go enjoy life, Right. And go back to Bergdorf Goodman and shop away and watch The Apprentice and say you're a big fan and uh, also reveal yourself as a lewd woman who is in desperate need of a mental health intervention. You ever see her paint her forest? She lives up in the woods. She painted the forest blue. She's running. I think that's against the law. You can't run around painting trees in the woods. I don't know. Maybe if it's on your property. But she put blue paint in the stream and... You know, wants to get along with dogs. Bestiality, I think, you know, a lot of things go in our society, right? Bestiality is one of those areas where you kind of still want to like, right, right? That's one little taboo that's going to remain a taboo. I know everything else is is fine and dandy these days, right? Hey, who watched the football game? I know it was a good game. 
and they even had me watching, and I'm not a football fan, right? Um, but I saw a couple of things in there that really annoyed me about football and about our broader society and all the selfish people out there who are making money on the backs of the working people, the NFL, the NFL, and these these the, the few that we kind of give carte blanche to do and to do anything, to be as selfish as they want, to be as greedy as they want. And I'm going to start with American hero Tom Brady. Not not a hero. Never did anything for himself, never had anything for this country. Running around playing a kid's game all of his life. You know, you would think at some point, is it time to give back? And I'm not talking about having a football camp for kids, all right? I, I, in, in some serious way. Maybe that has nothing to do with football. So here he is promoting what? What's he promoting now? He promotes everything. Uh, sports betting. It's the last thing anybody needs in America is to sit around betting on sports. I looked it up. The American people in the past five years, have lost $270 billion betting on games. And the house always wins, right? And so does Tom Brady. They got a bunch of celebrities together. And uh, let's see here. This is cut 20, please. Cut 20. You got a bet with MGM Grand, the casino. The house always wins. Cut 20. Bet MGM is for everyone that loves sports betting. Everyone. But Tom Brady. Wait, what did I do? The truth is you've won too much, Tommy. Let others have their turn. What if I bet in-game parlays and I'm not Tom Brady? You're it. Now dog me. What if I bet the money line, but I think Tom Brady is cute? Well, I have the beholder. Subjective, but you're in. Hi, Tom. What if you're Tom Brady and he was a little troublemaker? Well, then you die with your secrets. No one likes a snitch, but you're in. What if I cried when Tom left? What if I have a tattoo of Tom Brady on my calf? As long as you're not Tom Brady, you're in. Come on. What if I'm the Tom Brady of spreadsheets? BetMGM is for you. Yes. What if I'm Tim Birdie, seven-time pool champion? You already know the answer. Why are you putting us through it? With the clothes? Well, how come Wayne Gretzky's in? Stop with the questions, Tommy. We're chopping it up here. Hey, Tom. Hi, Wayne Gretzky. Look at that. Your name's in lights. Why is my babysitter here? Again, with the questions. Please, just enjoy the view. All right, stop. Tom Brady can't act either. He's He's not amusing. He's not charismatic. I don't like him. Sorry, but I think there's got to be a few more important things than continuing to make money selfishly and exploiting people, exploiting uh, chumps who bet. I used to be a chump who bet. I used to drive two hours to go to a casino in in Philadelphia, Mississippi. I don't want to talk about how much money I lost. A lot. A lot. It is addictive. We have a country full of addicts. All, all, uh, All show long, you see beer commercials and uh, gambling commercials. Great, great. Really helpful. These guys, I notice, they're exercising. (laughs) They're getting ahead. Are we getting ahead by investing this kind of time in them? And you can have Travis Kelsey and Taylor. Now, they are not married, right? Since when did we become, as a country, a bunch of middle school girls talking about some couple that they're dating Ooh, they've been dating for three months also, right? I mean, it's not like a long-term relationship. Who in the hell got grown men, men, talking about this stupid relationship? And oh, by the way, she's going to blow it. Just listen to any of her songs. She blows all of her relationships. 
I mean, she's just um, she's a train wreck. I think of a of an emotional basket case, or maybe she's a strategic. But who cares? And I don't want to know what Travis Kelsey thinks about the vaccine. You know, the vaccine. Remember how they thrust that, push that on everybody? You must take the vaccine. And they got, what do they call Influencers. Influencers to make the case for the vaccine. You know, they tried to get me to do a little spot somewhere about the vaccine. Like, take it. You know, I said, what the hell do I? I first of all, I don't know if I'm going to take it. Number two, if I do take it, that's my business. And number three... It may work for me. I don't know if it's going to work for somebody else. I don't know. You know, people, there are people, if you tell 500 million people to take aspirin, mandatory, you must take aspirin tonight. Everybody must take an aspirin. Well, a certain number of people are going to die. That doesn't mean aspirin's not a good drug. It just means, you know, it's going to affect somebody negatively, adversely. And the vaccine, which was brand new, which was not sufficiently tested. And then there's this big dumb jock, Travis Kelsey telling others to take it take it cut 21 i mean i've always been you know once i got the vaccine and i did i got it because of uh you know keeping myself safe keeping my family safe uh, the people in this building um so yeah i stand by it 1000 percent and uh fully comfortable with him calling me mr pfizer mr pfizer and it wasn't just some offhand comment in a press conference he was doing commercials these people will always, always, always let us down. And it's amazing that we haven't learned that lesson yet. We still we, they throw money at them, attention, whatever. That's fine, I guess. That's the world. That's the way of the world. The world has fallen. The world is broken. God is not. Be right back. Greg Kelly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Ah, this is a tough one for me. You know, who do I pick? Because um, I used to live on Long Island. Don't anymore. Um, George Santos. I still wish he was in the Congress. He didn't do anything to get kicked out of that Congress. Um, No, he should still be there. And it looks like the NYPD Sergeants Union. It's not quite the PBA, but it's it's significant. They endorsed Mozzie Pillup for George Santos' seat. Is that, she's like a... I think she was an Ethiopian. Um, she came from Ethiopia. Very impressive. I, uh, law enforcement background and some other things, military. Uh, she's running against Tom Swazi, who's a good guy, but um, uh, I like Tom a lot. Um, 
I'm not going to lose any sleep if Tom wins, but the, the Republican majority down there is too tight. You can't screw around with this thing. So I hope Mozzie uh, pulls it out here, right? Uh, don't you think? I mean, uh, gosh, can you imagine losing the losing the House, losing the Senate? What happened in 2022, by the way? What happened during those midterms? That didn't seem particularly legitimate after the year that we went through. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to bring on um, John McLaughlin uh, later this week. That guy knows his stuff. He's so good and such insight. Is it okay to question election integrity? Of course it is. What kind of world do we live in where you can't use undermining faith in elections? Well, if the election was bad, if you put drop boxes in the middle of nowhere for the first time against the law, well, I think we can question that. Um, E. Jean Carroll looks like a millionaire already. I mean, she used to look like a bag lady. Now she's uh, just so ebullient, I think is the word she uses. She's on uh, the Good Morning America show. Notice how not skeptical George Stephanopoulos is. How does it feel? What was it like? Everybody else, he breaks their chops for <laughs> from beginning to end. But this is a different type of interview. Um, go ahead with that, please. We're joined now by E. Jean Carroll and her attorney, Roberta Kaplan. Welcome back Thank to you. Good Morning America. Thank you. Has it settled in yet? <laughs> what a good question. The elation was so great on Friday. It was to fill me up. It was almost painful. It's taken really every day. Today, I'm just very happy because I'm calm enough to realize what she uh, did. It's been reported the exchange smiles Stop. with the jurors. On what she did? Who? The lawyer? Uh, so, so joyful she was. It was painful. Anyway, the only thing she's got going it with her, she's got a couple of things going for her. She's not going to say rape is sexy again because the lawyer is sitting right there, right? And she's been known to say outrageously stupid and uh, just bizarre, perverted things that undermine his her her credibility, right? Oh, and she was smiling at the jury and vice versa. Keep going. She uh, did. It's been reported the exchange smiles with the jurors on the way out. Is that true? Yes. What was that like? Well, it was very moving. It made me burst into tears because they met my eyes for the first time. It's very moving. You said you want to do great things with this $83 million settlement. Give us an idea about that. Don't want to waste money. Well, I do have an idea. I like to, it's, I like to give the money to something Donald Trump hates. If it will cause him pain for me to give money to certain, to certain things, that's like? my intent. Well, perhaps a fund for the women who have been sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. You know what? He, he should sue her. Can he, can he sue her? Where is the evidence that he assaulted anybody? Where is it? Where the hell is it? It doesn't exist. Man, oh man, oh man. She wants to inflict pain on him. Did you hear that? This broken down silly fool. This is the same person who tweets... That she loves The Apprentice. 20 years after the phony allegation, 20 years after it didn't happen, she says she loves The Apprentice, huh? Talk about a screw loose. And George Stephanopoulos just sitting there making $500,000 a week, a week, and eating it up. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Yeah, I had a tough day last night in the Middle East. 
lost three brave souls in an attack on our base. Yeah. And uh, I asked if it would silence for all three of those small souls. What? What? Who the hell is he talking to? Huh? Is that going to send a message to the world? That's Joe Biden talking about uh, the three U.S. service members who were killed in Jordan thanks to his weakness. And you see the weakness continue. Man, and he's not capable of anything else. And he's compromised. So he's all kinds of weird competing things going on. Uh, his agenda over hours. What was that? That's just asking for trouble, isn't it? What a terrible thing. What a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, and by the way, yeah, the three guys were killed by a, a drone uh, from a terror group funded by Iran in Jordan. Jordan. I've been to Jordan. Great king. Beautiful queen. Mm, don't know too much else about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, they're an ally of ours and have been for a for a long time. And the king's father, very close to the United States. But um, I don't know why we have our guys there. Do you? I mean, the Jordanians have an air force. They have their own army. They actually flew with Jordanian pilots uh, back when I was going through flight school. They had a bunch of Jordanian guys and they had a bunch of Kuwaiti guys. And some of them were great pilots, and uh, <laughs> some of them were not so good. Kind of like the Americans, but uh, not really. They were pretty. But uh, anyway, uh, the language thing. Can you imagine going over to a flight school in some other country, right? <laughs> Can you imagine going out in Jordan and, and, and taking flight school in Jordanian? It's not Jordanian. It's Arabic. That would be tough. Anyway, you know who's the big loser of the moment is... Um, Nikki Haley, how dare this woman? How dare she? Um, at this moment, she's on the side of the prosecutors. She's supporting all of that stuff. The, the war against Donald Trump. And she really disgraced herself yesterday on uh, the Meet the Press show. And turned, I would imagine, just a lot of people off. Even people on the fence. Not sounding at all presidential, if you will. And the, the lies, I caught her in a bunch of lies. Cut 27, please. Nikki Haley, high on her own supply on Meet the Press. But at the end of the day, this is not about the RNC. This is about the American people. This is not about a, you know, a political party deciding who they want to be the nominee. You know, when I ran for governor, there were five candidates. I was far from the nominee. I was the one, I, you know, I ran against a lieutenant governor, an attorney general, a congressman, and a state senator. They did the same thing to me then. I won then. I'm going to win now. Let's talk about Stop your for a second. If you heard in there, she says, this is not about a party trying to pick its nominee. This is not, sorry, take it from the, she's talking so fast, it's actually hard to absorb all this stuff. One more time, from the top. But at the end of the day, this is not about the RNC. This is about the American people. This is not about a, you know, a political party deciding who they want to be the nominee. Stop! That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. This is the Republican primary process. Uh, but, you know, since she's a woman and since she's a little bit put out by it all, and uh, I guess she gets a big assist from her ethnicity, 
somehow, you know, go girl Nikki. Keep going. When I ran for governor, there were five candidates. I was far from the nominee. I was the one, I, you know, I ran against a lieutenant governor, an attorney general, a congressman, and a state senator. They did the same thing to me then. I won then. I'm going to win now. Stop. You know, candidates uh, say this all the time, of course, right? And it's weird because they really believe it. If you run for president, you got to have a little bit of a screw loose, you know? I mean, Nikki Haley thinks she can be my president, right? She's just not of sufficient uh, uh, caliber. She's just not good enough in any way. But since she won a couple of elections, they think they're invulnerable. And most people who run for president haven't lost. They haven't. Uh, they, they think this is just another rung up the ladder of success or this is the ultimate success. And since they succeeded like she did, who cares? In 2006, she gets elected to the House of Representatives in South Carolina. Do you want to be in the House of Representatives in South Carolina? A local state official? Do you want to be an assemblyman in Albany? Nobody wants these jobs, except little grubby people like her. You know, she made it sound like uh, wait, 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 the, the whole establishment was against her when she ran for governor. So I looked it up. You know who endorsement she had? Whose endorsement? Uh, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitt Romney was supporting her candidacy. Uh, let's see, a guy named Mark Sanford, who was the incumbent governor of South Carolina, right? She had all kinds of institutional support but she says i mean that's so that's just a lie and i think she said like i've been doing this my whole life at one point she's gonna say that's 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 a lie she's she's addicted to lying and one of those people who lies so much she doesn't even know it keep going talk about your path forward as you know trump has a double digit lead in the polls he secured the endorsement of a lot of the top officials in your state do you need to Do win you? South Carolina, your home state, in order to win the nomination? Well, let's first talk about the people that he surrounded himself in South Carolina. Um, yes, he got the the endorsement of the governor, but that's the same governor that I defeated when I ran for governor. Yes, he got the endorsement Stop. of... She's talking about 14 years ago, okay, in 2010. They're always talking about ancient history. This is one of the problems for uh, Chris Christie. Talking about stuff that happened in 2009. Nobody knows or cares. Keep going. Got the endorsement of the political class in South Carolina, but that's the same group that I forced to have to show their votes on the record. It's the same group that I forced to pass ethics reform where they had to disclose their income. It's the same group where I vetoed half a billion dollars of pet projects that I didn't think taxpayer dollars should go to. So there's no surprise there that the political leader surrounding him there, he has become, Trump has become an insider. That's what it comes down to is he's more interested in satisfying the elected class than he is in satisfying the people when it comes to South hey, Carolina. Stop. Look, she just said he's more interested in satisfying the elected class than he is in satisfying the people. Now think about that: the elected class, the elected, the elected class. You know, Trump is for the people. You can't convince us otherwise, Nikki. You can't. All right, because it's not true what you're trying to push here. But even in your critique, you're saying some really wild and weird and. I don't want to say dangerous, but, you know, kind of dangerous in supporting the political, the elected class, she called it, the elected, the elected, those that we elect, the people's representatives. I mean, there's something to be said for, right? That's kind of the essence of democracy. Who are you working for? I mean, I'm I'm sorry. He's working with elected people, elected people, the people elected them. 
And she's working with uh, people who were not elected. Reed Hoffman, Boeing, corporations, people who want to fight wars forever, right? Vaccine pushers. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, democracy, whatever, it's a little bit, but (laughs) we did elect them. And the people's representatives, they listen to the people, actually. They do. You think uh, they're doing this in defiance of the people's wishes? So it's a very strange thing. She, Now that she's cocky and confident and somebody's kind of like uh, putting her up to this, I think, she's really, she's really harming herself. Keep going. South Carolina, look, we wanted to be strong. And I think you look, we started with 2% in Iowa. We ended up with 20%. We got to New Hampshire. We needed to do better than that. And we did. We got 43% of the vote. Now we're going into South Carolina. We need to be stronger than what we did in New Hampshire. And so that's certainly what we need to do. But it's not just that we need to be stronger, Kristen. Trump needs to be stronger. He's not getting the independent vote. He's not getting a segment of the Republicans. And so he's got some work to do as well. You know, um, it is the primary, right? (laughs) It's the primary. And there are 14 of you and now there's there's one, and uh, he won New Hampshire and Iowa for the first time since uh, Gerald Ford. Nobody has done that. That he has work to do doesn't justify her staying in and her behaving this way. Because all it's doing is really potentially harming Trump and harming our chances in November. That's a truism, too, in these things. You know, we're past the point that this is going to make Trump a better candidate. Let me go to uh, the next one, please. We have another one, don't we? We have another Nikki. Yeah. But the reality is every time he's talking about defending himself in court, he's not talking about getting our economy back on track. He's not talking about closing the border. He's not talking about how we're going to get our kids reading again and getting us focused again. He's not talking about law and order. That's the problem is he's not talking about what the American people want. (laughs) Watch any Trump rally that, that's ever been had. Watch the one on Saturday night. He talks about these issues relentlessly. This is what I mean about her being out of touch and a liar. I mean, she's lying. And, um, wow, this harms her going forward. Hey, she has some brother who's picking fights with all kinds of people on social media. You go after my sister, you're going after me. Well, she's running for president. We're allowed to go after her integrity. We're allowed to go after her agenda. We're allowed to go after her record. And you, big brother, little brother, whatever, you should stay the hell out of it. Trying to take on Vivek. Trying to take on Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe it's a Hindu thing, to be honest. For some of these, I I think it might be. You know, they, they feel a particular resentment of Vivek because of the ethnic commonality they have. There's something kind of personal and visceral going on on the on the Haley front. Keep going. They see that he's completely distracted. They see that he's going on these rants about how he's the victim. And I think that's exactly what they, we don't need a strong leader to be. And so, you know, these court cases are going to keep happening one by one. We're going to keep seeing him in a courtroom and we're going to see him come out and do a press conference. That's not what you want a president to be. But more than that, that's not what we want Russia to see. That's not what we want China to see. And that's not what Stop. we want Iran to see. Do we want them to see her? This, I mean, this is not presidential. Whatever the hell we're hearing right now is not presidential. Part of it is she talks so fast. Like she's trying to get something by us. And so fast, like she can't, there's something I think deceptive about it. But this is where she renders herself uh, dead politically forever as 
one of her um, opponents in South Carolina said, not only is she a lame duck, she's a dead duck. Okay, they were talking about her because she she messed with the wrong people in Columbia, South Carolina. It's amazing that I got to say this out loud. You know, <laughs> we don't want anybody dead. We're not talking. We're talking metaphorically. She went from lame duck to dead duck. Dead duck is still a, a saying, okay? Just like when I say you got to fight for Trump. I'm not saying storm Third Avenue and start punching people. No, that's up to the terrorists. That's up to the Hamas supporters. That's what they do. All right, keep going with this. This is where she takes herself out forever. And and what is unique about this case is that the jury has now ruled. They have found him liable of sexual abuse. Do you not trust the jury and their findings, Ambassador? I absolutely trust the jury. And I think that they made their decision based on the evidence. I just don't think that should take him off the ballot. That's it right there. I absolutely trust the jury. And I think they made this decision based on the evidence. You know, there are juries out there that let the killers of Emmett Till go free. All right. There are juries out there that sent Martin Luther King to jail just because it's a jury. There's nothing wholesome or beautiful or whatever. They can be as corrupt as anything. This whole case, everything about it, the five cases against Trump. You know, they changed the law so E. Jean Carroll could wage it. They changed the law because we have a statute of limitations because it makes sense. Because people forget evidence goes away. It's impossible to defend yourself against something like this in this kind of rigged system. And overwhelmingly Democrat uh, population here, Washington, D.C. How about that, Nikki? You are done. We might as well just stop talking about you because I don't think you're going to matter anymore. I really do. I think you're finished. And... uh I talked to somebody very smart, thinks that she's going to have to get out before South Carolina. And um, that would be great. That would be great. Because if she loses South Carolina, that will be egg on her face that she'll never be able to wash off. Right? It'll be there forever. Before I go, I will talk to, very briefly, Joe in Mount Sinai. He always says something crazy. Hi, Joe. Hello. This Nikki Haley is unbelievable to me. The uh, my Irish friends have a, a saying that fits her. She's a wee bit douchey. Well, I said you were going to say something crazy. Now that's just crude. And what the hell are you talking about your Irish friends for? I don't like that word. D-O-U-C-H-E. It's very popular with uh, the kids right now. D- d- your Irish friends. I don't see that as being an Irish uh, Irish saying there, uh, Joe. Well... Well, when you when you start it with a wee bit. <laughs> no, I still don't even get that. Is that the is that some Irish well, thing too? All right, that, yeah, it's probably. Right. I I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah. Now, all right, it makes two percent sense, but um, the D word I don't like. All right, thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to be so precious. <laughs> I just. The word stinks. I remember it in 1975. It was edgy. Possibly because the D, I think, had been invented right around then. But now it's just crude. And I stand for no crudeness on this on this program. You got that, punk? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. listening to the Greg Kelly show 
Hey, uh, one of the best guys online, DC Drano. Get it? He wants to drain the swamp. Um, you know, the secular secularization of everything continues, even the secularization of church, right? Make it about the world, not about God. Well, um, who's no, who knows who C.J. Stroud is? I'm not familiar, but apparently he's a very good quarterback for the Houston, is it the Oilers? Are they still down there? All right. Uh, no. Anyway, this guy just wins the big game. This is a, this is a while ago. And um, he wants to, uh, the reporter comes up to him. It's funny, they edit out what he says. The first, you'll, you're going to hear what actually made television. C.J. Troud, C.J. Stroud, quarterback for Houston. Go ahead. First NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city Stop. for a short of- You can tell there was a little edit, right? So the first words out of his mouth, according to uh, uh, the sports network there, is... It's been amazing being, it looks like NBC, by the way, NBC Sports. It's been amazing being part of this city. Okay? Now, what did he really say? Keep going. First NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. First foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. See that? He gave a shout-out to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the way, it's not the Houston Oilers anymore. It is the Houston Texans. But when I was growing up, it was the Houston Oilers, and they played in the Astrodome. And it was very cool, the Astrodome. Nobody talks about the Astrodome anymore. It's probably... uh, it's it's probably Dairy Farm. It's probably Tropicana Stadium or something. Some corporate, right? Something like Legoland Field. They they. But the important part is knowing what they're trying to do to God and Jesus. Don't say anything about them. Certainly not in public. How about that one? How about that? C.J. Stroud. Well, good for you, C.J. And C.J. has been granted a lot of gifts. My goodness gracious. He makes about $9 million a year. When he signed with the Texans, they gave him a $23 million signing bonus. Damn. Money in football, huh? Hey, I heard the guy the guy who just sits there talking about football, he made 20, uh, $17 million. Tony Romo made $17 million. <laughs> And why do they go into commercials where they obviously don't believe in the product? You know, Mahomes there, these guys don't sit around eating Subway sandwiches, right? I don't know. They, they don't. They don't. They, they'd have a problem with the bread. They'd have a problem with the meats. They'd have a problem with everything. These guys are like machines, and they treat themselves very, very meticulously. I want to go to the White House for a moment. That uh, game show host guy is briefing. Uh, and now, of course, what these uh, militia groups continue to do in places like Iraq and Syria, now now Jordan. And just one last one on the UNRWA controversy. Uh, Israel says that they have information about 13 employees who were connected to the October 7th attack. Um, do you have any reason to believe that that might have been more widespread, that there could be information that later indicates that it was beyond those 13 people? I haven't seen any information that affirmatively makes that case, that it's more than now 
13. I think last week we were looking at a, a dozen. Well, let's go That's through it real quick, just so you so know. We need a, a dang important. Did he say dang important? we got to have an investigation. It's so dang important. Israel has alleged that 13 employees of the United Nations Main Relief Agency in Gaza were associated with Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel and took part in varying capacities, ranging from involvement in kidnapping hostages to being told to set up an operations room, according to the summary of the intelligence uh, from an Israeli official. The Israeli official shared with CNN, of all people, all this stuff. Be right back.